All right, good evening. I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you for coming out. And it's a joy to meet Pastor Rands. Uh, that's the first time we met right there. And uh, so I'm looking forward to spending some time with him and uh, getting to know him uh, uh, better. And uh, we live in an amazing world when you think about it. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's still, I, I, it's hard for me to get over it. I mean, I mean, just a few hours ago, I was at Capitol Baptist Church in Annandale, Virginia. And uh, now I'm here with you tonight. Isn't that awesome? Uh, can you imagine what these preachers from the past, these great men of God uh, and women of God, could have done with modern transportation. I mean, it's an awesome, awesome thing uh, that God has uh, has given us. And so I'm just really excited to be with you uh, tonight and look forward to these next 24, 36 hours uh, that we're going to spend together. And uh, and on the out there, out there somewhere is the new edition of my book, Bod for God. And uh, can I tell you something? I, I've only seen one copy of it myself. And uh, if there's a pile or boxes out there, I, I, I got the first copy to come off the press. And, um, and the book arrived at the publisher on Wednesday. And the first order that was placed was from Monclova Baptist Church. All right. So, uh, so honestly, I haven't even seen the books myself. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully making sure they got here and uh, knowing they have arrived. And uh, so it's exciting just to be with you and to be part of this uh, uh, time together. And by the way, your church is in the book. So you're now famous. And uh, so uh, uh, Sue Rhino has made you guys famous and uh, looking forward to seeing how God's going to use uh, this uh, in our lives. Well, tonight we are going to talk about the subject of prayer. Have you ever thought about what you want on your tombstone? What do you, what do you want to be what I call your tombstone testimony? Uh, I know what I want on my tombstone. I've known it for a long time. And what I wanted to say is, here's Steve Reynolds, here's my birth date, December 30th, 1957, and then whatever God has for me for my death date. And this is what I want on there. Here's a man that prayed like it all, he all, like it, uh, it all depended on God, and he worked like it all depended on him. Here's a man who prayed like it all depended on God, and it, he worked like it all depended on him. Now, the honest truth is, uh, I'm a much better worker than I am a prayer. That's the, that's the honest truth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a worker and, and I have to, uh, work hard at being a prayer. And, and, and when it comes to the balance of these areas, I struggle, uh, at times in, in, uh, this way. And, and so lately, God's really been speaking to me about the topic of prayer and the subject of prayer. And I just feel like He's been calling me, uh, to a whole new level of commitment and a whole new level, uh, of prayer. And I also feel like he's calling me to call everyone I can uh, to pray. And so tonight, with that said, I want to talk to you about five good reasons to talk with God. Five good reasons to talk with God. Now, you should have gotten, I think, one of these, I call them study guides. And when I preach, I put one of these together. And so you can use that or ignore that or do whatever you want to uh, with that. Uh, but I've made it available to you. You can take some notes. There's some blanks to fill in and, and things along uh, those lines. But five good reasons to talk with God. Now, notice it doesn't say five good reasons to talk to God. There's a big difference between talking to God and talking with God. Uh, prayer is more than just talking to God. Uh, prayer is talking with God. You see, prayer is based on a relationship 
a relationship uh, that you have with God. And prayer shouldn't just be some type of, you know, religious rituals that we do. And we, you know, we kind of give these uh, what the Bible calls Jesus called vain repetitions. And we have these rote prayers that we uh, say to God. Uh, prayer should be based on our relationship uh, with uh, God Almighty. Uh, it is the heart of a child. Prayer is the heart of a child relating to the heart of a father. Prayer is the heart of a child, we as children, relating to the heart of a father. In Romans 8, verse 15, the Bible says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. When we pray, we pray as God's children. And, uh, and we don't have to, uh, pray, uh, recognizing that we're in bondage, uh, again to fear, but rather we have been received, uh, by the spirit of adoption and based on that relationship, relationship that we have, uh, with God Almighty, we can cry out to Him and say, Abba, Father. And that term literally means daddy. Daddy, you know, uh, right now I'm probably closer to my daddy, uh, than I've ever been. And that God has blessed me with an amazing uh, father who I love uh, very, very uh, much. And he raised me in a Christian home and, and led us to love the Lord and serve the Lord and, and things along this line. And, uh, and so my dad now, he's 85 years old. And my dad's a big walker, and he walks about three miles every day. And, uh, and so at age 84, uh, he was still able, my mom and him were able to drive. They, they live in Lynchburg, Virginia. I live in northern Virginia. It's about a three-hour span between there. And at 84 years of old, they were still able to drive up and drive back and be with us. And so they came up on Mother's Day. And uh, my dad went out for his normal two to three mile walk and he fell at our house and ended up breaking his nose and getting a bunch of stitches, about 10, 15 stitches in his head. And honestly, from that point on, uh, his health has gone downhill. He did go back to his home. He actually drove back uh, to Lynchburg. But over time, uh, he got worse and worse. And, uh, and so my dad today is having a hard time. And we're not sure if it's dementia or if it's just extreme anxiety. Uh, but he is now living, my mom and him are living with us right now. And uh, my brother's also a pastor and he lives about two hours from me. And we're kind of uh, sharing that responsibility of taking care of them. But I'm telling you, I've had some special times with my dad the past weeks. And uh, it's been hard. He's full of fear. He is totally full of fear. And he's always thinking somebody's going to come get him or we're going to hurt him or kill him. And all this horrible stuff that, uh, that he lives with every uh, single day. But you know, what? I've had some precious time with him. I mean, I'm kind of thankful. I'm, I'm sad for what he's going through, but, but I'm thankful that at this stage in our lives, we were only seeing each other, you know, three, four times a year. And now I'm with him, you know, almost every day. I love my daddy. I love my daddy. I'm thankful for my daddy. But you know what? God, our father is also our spiritual daddy. We, we can cry out to him, Abba, father. We can cry out to him at any point in time and say, Daddy, Daddy, do you have that kind of meaningful relationship uh, with God? Well, when it comes to prayer, we need to talk with God. 
We need to talk with God. And tonight what I want to do is I want to give you five good reasons to talk with God. Now we're going to spend a good deal of time on number one and number two, and then we're going to kind of fast forward on number three, four, and five, okay? So don't get nervous if after number two, we've been here a while, uh, we're going to speed right on three, number three, uh, four, and five. But tonight we want to look at the words of our Lord in uh, Luke chapter 11 as he talks about the topic of prayer, the topic of of prayer. And I want to begin by just reading the first verse, which says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, prayer is something that you have to learn to do. You have to learn to pray. And in this passage, we get, are given instructions about prayer and, and how to talk with God. And the motivation here that we should talk with God, and again, there's five reasons in this passage for why you need to talk with God. The first reason you need to talk with God is the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer. Prayer is a priority. Prayer is to be something uh, important uh, in our lives. And we see this in the fact that, number one, Jesus understood the priority of prayer. Jesus understood the priority of prayer. Because the Bible tells us in chapter 11, verse 1, part A there, it says, And it came to pass that as he, who's the he? The he is Jesus as he was praying. I mean, Jesus made prayer a priority in his life. He didn't just preach about prayer, he prayed. He didn't just talk about prayer, he prayed. He gave us an example by his very life of praying and seeking the Lord. I love Mark one thirty-five, a great verse about prayer in Jesus. It says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Here again is an example of Jesus uh, praying. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. I mean, Jesus made prayer a priority. And you know, the thing that hits me so hard is, you know, wow, if God in the flesh uh, needed to pray, I mean, how much more do I need to pray? I mean, if God in the flesh needed to pray, how much more does Steve Reynolds need to pray? How much more do you need to pray? If Jesus prayed, then how much do you need to pray? A couple things to learn from this verse about uh, prayer is that you need to set a specific time to pray. Set a specific time to pray. Now, I know the Bible says we're to pray without ceasing, and that verse is later on here in this uh, study guide. And we're to have a constant connection with God. We're to be constantly uh, you know, speaking with him and staying uh, close to him. But uh, what I'm talking about here is the fact that you need to have a specific time where you are totally focused one-on-one with God in prayer. 
In other words, to pray without ceasing, we have, you know, we have to pray as we're going about our responsibilities and duties and all that's important and all that's good. But listen, the focus of our prayer needs to be a focus time where we just pray. In other words, where we have a, a one-on-one time with God. We don't allow any other distractions. Uh, we just focus 100% uh, on him. And you need to set a time to do that. You'd be amazed at what even 10, 15, 20 minutes uh, can do for your spiritual life if you will make sure you carve out that time uh, in your life to pray and seek the Lord. Set a time. Find a time that works for you. The morning is great, okay? It's good because it kind of prepares you for the day, but it doesn't have to be in the morning. There are other examples of Jesus praying at other times. I mean, not just, I mean, this verse, it says, uh, was in the morning, but he, he prayed at other times. He, he prayed at other uh, periods of time, and, and so can you. Find a time that works for you. Maybe it is early in the morning. If so, that's great, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's later in the day. Maybe it's later at night. I mean, there's nothing spiritual about any certain time that's more spiritual than another time. You find works what works for you. But have that one-on-one time of prayer where you totally focus on the Lord. And then it's helpful to have a specific place to pray. Jesus went out and found a solitary place, a solitary place. Do you have a place that is kind of a sacred place for you? Uh, you know, it's good if you can uh, to find that special place where it's kind of like your, your prayer closet. You know, Jesus taught us uh, in this uh, section also in Matthew, the comparison passage, that, that we need to have a, a prayer closet. Uh, where's your prayer closet? Uh, where do you go for prayer? Yes, you can pray at many different places, but, but I think it's good to have a, a special place. A place where it's kind of, you know, this is where I focus on God. This is, this is where I pray. This is where I make prayer a priority in, in my life. Where is your solitary place? Think about it. Do you have a solitary place? Where is your solitary place? Jesus understood the priority of prayer. And then on page two, the disciples understood the importance of prayer. The disciples understood uh, the importance of prayer. Just think about this. Think of all the questions they could have asked. Think about all the things they could have asked. Why did they ask this question? I mean, I mean, their question was uh, to the Lord. Uh, they came to the Lord and they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. This was their request. Lord, teach us to pray. They, they, they had a, you know, an opportunity to talk to Jesus. And, and, and to ask Jesus for whatever they want to ask for. I mean, if you, I mean, if you had that opportunity, by the way, you do have that opportunity, uh, to, uh, to ask him for anything, but, uh, to go to the Father through the Son, led by the Holy Spirit. But the point of the matter is, the point of the matter is, I mean, they had this opportunity. And what they said to him was, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Again, they were saying, you know, it's kind of like they, they're, they're like Steve Reynolds. They're, they're struggling a little bit in prayer. They're, they, you know, they want to become better in prayer. They want to become stronger in prayer. And they're saying, well, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Listen, if you don't quite have your prayer life down a hundred percent, welcome to the majority. Okay. Uh, welcome to the majority. And what you need to do is you need to humble yourself. 
And you need to be able to say, Lord, I, I need you to teach me to pray. Lord, I, I, I need, I, I've got some growing to do. I've, I've, got, I've got some growing to do uh, when it comes uh, to prayer. And so a couple things here is make Jesus the Lord of your life. Make him the Lord of your life. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. They, they put him uh, at the forefront of their lives. The Bible says in Romans 10, Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, who? The Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be, what? Saved. We, we need to make Jesus Lord where we ask Jesus Christ to be our Savior and our Lord. I did that August 16th, 1968. As a 10-year-old boy, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life to save me. And on that day, I made him the Lord of my life. I turned my life over to him. And I, and I, and I chose from that day uh, to depend on him uh, as the one and only way of salvation. If you're going to learn the importance of prayer, you got to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You got to be his child. Okay. You have to, you have to be one of his children. And that comes through salvation. And then ask Jesus to teach you how to pray. Why don't you just ask him, say, Lord, I really, you know, don't know how to pray as well as I should. And, and Lord, there's a lot of things about prayer I, I don't understand, you know. And, and, and again, it takes some humility. We, we got to humble ourselves, humble ourselves and, and humble ourselves before each other and say, pray for me that I will learn better uh, how to pray and I'll learn better how uh, to seek uh, the Lord. Uh, you ought to often say, Lord, teach me to pray. I mean, this should be a, this should be a regular thing that we do, a statement we make, a prayer that we make to God. Lord, teach me to pray. Would you in your own spirit right now, would you say, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. The first reason you ought to pray, pray is because prayer is a priority. Jesus made it a priority. The disciples made it a priority. And you know what? You need to make it a priority. And then secondly, the pattern of prayer. A second reason you ought to talk with God, not just to God, but with God, a, a meaningful relationship you have with God, is because God lays down a pattern for us. He lays down a pattern for us. And so in response to this statement, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus said this to them. When you pray, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He told them, listen, th this is how you need to pray. Th this is how you need to pray. And, and notice he says, uh, when you pray, uh, when you pray, when you pray, he's saying, okay, when, when you get ready to pray, here, here's what you say. This is how you communicate uh, to me. This is how you uh, talk uh, to me. Uh, over in Matthew, he talks about pray in this manner. He uses the word manner. Pray in this manner. This is the manner by which uh, we should pray. 
Now, as I look at that prayer right there, I, I don't see it as something you have to do in the sense that it's some legalistic uh, verbiage. You have to stand by that verbiage and things like that. It's wonderful to pray uh, what I call the model prayer. I don't call this the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I call it the model prayer. I think this is the model that he laid down for us. If you call anything the Lord's Prayer, I'd call that John 17. That's that's the Lord's Prayer where he prayed and, and talked about us being one and unified and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, To me, this is the model prayer. And really, it's a prayer list. I, I view this as a prayer list. Do you ever wonder what to say to God? Do you ever wonder, okay, okay I'm going to talk with God. Now, now what am I going to say to him? Okay, well, this is the outline I use. And I, I, I'm, I didn't come up with this. I don't know where I got this. I've been using this in my Christian life for many, many years. Uh, but this has really helped me to pray. And, and it's based on this model prayer that we find here. First of all, the pattern of prayer is to praise and give thanks. Praise and thanksgiving. Uh, we're taught to come before the Lord with praise. We're, we're taught to come before the Lord and, and say, hallowed uh, be uh, thy name. Uh, we're to come before the Lord and we're to praise him and we're to, to worship him. Now, what that does for you is usually when you start talking with God, a lot of times you're heavy hearted. Uh, because life is hard. Life is, life is difficult. Life, life is not easy. And a lot of times when we start praying, we got, we're burdened down. We have, you have the weight of the world on our shoulders. And, and, and it's a wonderful thing to begin with praise. Because what happens is when you start praising God, all of a sudden, you've got, you see a big God. And when you got a big God, you've got small problems. But when you got big problems, you got a small God. And what happens, honestly, is as you go through your day or whatever, you kind of get worn down. And it's so refreshing when you come into that presence of the Lord. And again, you can praise him all the time and you should. But again, I'm talking about a focused time. It can be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours. I don't know what it is. But I'm talking about one-on-one. -on -one, you don't do anything but pray. You have an appointment with God an appointment with God Almighty, and you designate that time to do one thing, to talk with God. And as you begin that, you begin to praise him. You begin to praise him. You begin to thank him. I love Psalm 150, verse 2. It says, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him for his mighty acts. That, that's what he does for you. He's, he's doing things for you all the time. He, he's doing things for you all the time. He's doing mighty acts. He's, he's put, listen, he's put a roof over your head today. He's put uh, food in your stomach. He's put, he's put listen, he's put uh, clothes on your back. Uh, he's giving you an awesome church uh, to attend. Uh, he's giving you the word of God. Uh, he has given you so much. Praise him and thank him for that. Praise him for his mighty acts that he has, has given to you. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Not only praise him for what he does, praise him for who he is. He, he's an excellent God, an excellent God. And one of the attributes that he's excellent in is his, his greatness. He, he's of excellent greatness. And listen, just start talking to him and start praising him and, and, and think about, you know, the different, uh, we call them attributes or characteristics of, about God. My personal favorite attribute of God is his faithfulness. 
That, that's, the, that's the one I appreciate so much, the most, I would say, okay? I, I appreciate all of them, but just to know he's a faithful God, I mean, he is faithful, faithful, faithful. Man, I am so thankful for that tonight. I praise him for that uh, uh, tonight. And so you begin with praise and thanksgiving. You begin with praise and thanksgiving. And then number two, repent of sin. Repent of sin. We're taught to come before the Lord and, and to pray, forgive us our sins, uh, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted uh, to us. Uh, we, we need to deal with our sin. We, we need to, we need to come before the Lord and, 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 and seek Him again. Uh, all this goes on all the time. You ought to repent of sin as quick as you sin. Okay. In other words, I mean, you, you really, if you, if you say a bad word, you ought to deal with it right there, okay? Uh, if you mistreat your wife, you ought to deal with it right there, okay? Uh, if you lie, you do whatever, you, you ought to repent of your sin as quick as you can, okay? So you don't gotta, you don't say, well, I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow morning or whatever, okay? I'm not saying that. But during this time, you're searching your heart. You know, Psalm 139, 23 and 24, search me, O God, know my heart, try me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me, Lord. You're asking God, God, show me. Is there anything in my life that, that, that is, that is, you know, not pleasing to you? And you lay it before the Lord and you, you repent of that sin and you ask God uh, to forgive you for that sin. If we confess our sins, that's our part. Our part is to confess our sins. His part, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The third part of this prayer list is to ask, to ask, ask God to meet your needs and the needs of others. Ask God to meet your needs and the needs of others. Notice it says, give us day by day our daily bread. Okay, notice the plural, us, us. You're not just praying for your uh, daily bread. Uh, you're to pray for the other people and their daily uh, bread. You're to ask God to meet your needs and the needs uh, of other people. You know, it's a joy to be able to pray for other people. I would ask you to pray for my dad. Would you pray for my dad? That's part of my daily bread right now, okay? How to care for my dad, how, how to figure out, you know, what his diagnosis is so we can properly focus on, on dealing with whatever the need is, okay? That's, I'm asking you to pray for me. That's part of what the church does. I, I, I would think that in this church, there's probably a prayer list somewhere. Uh, maybe in your Sunday school class, you all have a, a, a prayer list. I mean, this is an important part of what we do. Not just praying for ourselves, but praying for us, praying for the body, praying for other people and, and, and their uh, daily uh, bread and, and their daily needs. And so go before the Lord and, and just say, God, I'm coming before you. And, and notice it's daily. Just think about, you know, a lot of times I, I do do my appointment with God usually early in the morning. This morning, I'm not bragging. I, I, I do it around 5 30, 6 o'clock usually. Okay. And, um, so that means I'm more spiritual that if you do it later on or whatever. No, I'm not. Okay. Um, but I find that that's, I'm just, you know, not as distracted from all the other things in the world, uh, that early, uh, in the morning. And, and the point is, you know, just having that time with God and, and I pray for my day. I think through my day, you know, I think through what's ahead for me. I think about, you know, I prayed for you all today. I prayed I'd get here on time, you know. 
And uh, I only made it by about two minutes, but praise the Lord, answer prayer, check that one off, amen, okay? It gets you a little nervous when you're leaving a, your church at 1230 uh, you know, in, in Northern Virginia to go down to downtown D.C. to get on a plane to come to Detroit and come out of Detroit. I mean, I made it, praise God. That was part of my daily needs today. Isn't God good? Amen. God's good. And I think about like meetings I have. I think about projects I've got. I just think about what's ahead for me. What, what's going on in my life? What's going on? You know, I have a picture of my family and, uh, and I pull it up and I've got my, my wife. I've got my three children. Uh, you know, I, they got, I got their, their spouses. I've got my four grandchildren. I got every one of them in this picture. And I literally go through there and I pray for every one of them by name. And in whatever daily need I'm aware of in their life, whatever's going on in their life that I'm aware of, I lift that up to the Lord. I lift that up to the Lord. I'm not just praying for me. I'm praying for other people. That's what we're told to do. Ask God to meet your needs and the needs of others. Ask God to meet your needs and the needs of others. My prayer for my children, you all that have uh, small children, you know, I, I've prayed for them. And I pray for them specifically uh, in the area of what I call the, the, the three C's. Okay, I believe, there's, I believe if, you, if you get three things right in your life, okay, and you do what God wants you to do in these three areas, you're going to have an amazing life. Okay? The first one is, what are you going to do with Christ? What are you going to do with Christ? And, and I prayed for my children to come to know Jesus and, and come to know Christ. All right? And they did. The second one is their companion, their companion. I mean, I prayed for my kids' spouses, and I'm not exaggerating, God knows this is true, thousands of times, thousands of times. I mean, when I met their spouses and, uh, and when they came to me and, uh, you know, the two guys asked for permission to marry my daughters and, and, and then my daughter-in-law, I mean, I said, hey, listen, you're an answer to prayer, okay? I just want you to know that. I've, I've prayed for you thousands of times thousands of times because if you mess that one up you're going to have some trouble all right and then their career their career i mean they're going to spend a lot of time in life doing something you know and uh and i pray uh that god would lead them and 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 bless them and today my youngest now just turned 30 last weekend and so they're 30 uh 30 32 and 33 years of age and you know what god has greatly answered that prayer and, 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 and the three C's are, are moving forward and it's exciting what God is, is doing. Are you praying for your kids? You know, are you, be as specific as you can, you know, and praying for your kids. Ask God to meet your needs and the needs of others. Who are you praying for in this church? Do you pray for your pastor? Do you lift up the, your, your pastor uh, to uh, the Lord? Do you, do, do, you, do you bring the pastor to God? Do you, do you pray for your pastor? You're commanded to pray for those in authority, okay? I could go on and on about this one, okay? But the point I'm trying to make is ask, ask. Now, we usually start there, and that's a mistake because the prayer list is praise and thanksgiving, repent of sin, and then the last one is yield, Yield to the will of God. The ultimate prayer request is this prayer request. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. That's the ultimate prayer request. The ultimate prayer request you can ever make in your life is to say, Lord, may your kingdom come. And, and, and may your will be done. And, and what I believe that means is you're making him the king of your life. 
You're, you're, you're saying, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. In other words, I'm yielding myself to you. I'm, I'm turning my life over to you. I'm giving my life uh, to you. And you're yielding yourself to the will of God. In Romans chapter 6, I know you guys are going through Romans here on Sunday nights. Here's a, a great verse in Romans, Romans 6, 13. Uh, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yield yourself to God. And I love this verse. Because the word members here is the idea of like body parts. Yield your body parts to God. And my, my favorite chapter in my book, Bod for God, is the second chapter on dedication. Because in that chapter, I go through all the different body parts and what the Bible says about the eyes and the nose and the legs and the heart and, and the mind and all, all this kind of stuff. And, and yielding yourself to the Lord, you know, having a bod for God and giving him all the parts uh, of your body. Lord, may your kingdom come. Lord, may your will be done in my life. It's the ultimate prayer request. It's the greatest thing you could ever pray. You see, the model prayer in my humble opinion, is a prayer list. It's a prayer list. And, and so I, I learned this years ago, and it, it helped me to learn to talk with God. And, uh, you, know, you know, you kind of see I'm an outline guy. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I mean, every time I preach, I put one of these together. I'm an outline guy. And, uh, and I like having a prayer outline that's a prayer list. And this is my prayer list. So you said, well, I don't like your prayer list. That's fine. How's your prayer list? I mean, what, what do you got on yours? You know, uh, you know, I, maybe I, I like to hear from you. Maybe, maybe you got something I can, can work on myself or whatever. Okay. But I believe this prayer list comes right out of the model prayer, right out of the model prayer. All right. Number three. And here we go. We're going to move faster now. Okay. The persistence of prayer. Uh, we, we need to talk with God because we're called to be persistent in prayer. In uh, verses five through eight, it says, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine uh, is in his journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise uh, and give thee. And I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So Jesus is talking about this story here. And, and uh, basically, uh, the neighbor, a uh, friend of his, has had somebody drop in on him. Uh, you know, back then they didn't have hotels. So, you know, <laughs> we think about hotels these days. All right. So it couldn't go up to the Holiday Inn or the Hilton or the, or the Days Inn or, or whatever. Uh, I mean, they just showed up. Okay. And it's midnight. He's saying it's midnight and they're hungry. And, uh, he says, well, you know, I, I don't have any bread for you. I don't, you know, cause they kind of made their bread each day uh, back then and which is a pretty good idea. And, um, and so basically, uh, he comes and he says, I, you know, I, I can't do it, can't help you, it's midnight, I, you know, the you know, kitchen is shut down basically, and you know, I'm, I'm in bed, uh, kids and I are in bed or whatever, but the Bible says because of the persistence of the guy, the fact that he kept on coming and kept on asking, uh, sure enough, he responded. He responded and helped him out. We're, we're to be persistent in prayer. We're to pray boldly. 
We're to pray boldly. It's, it's a bold mood to be going over somebody's house at midnight. Amen? And uh, you might get shot actually doing that or whatever. But uh, pray boldly. Pray boldly. That was a bold move. Uh, pray consistently. Consistently uh, seek the Lord. Be persistent in prayer. And, 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 you know, and, and stay at it. And stay at it and be consistent seeking the Lord and, and coming before uh, the Lord. And some of the things on your prayer list you're going to be asking for, uh, you might pray that for years and years and years, you know. Uh, who, who knows, okay? Who knows? But, but don't give up, okay? Unless you clearly hear God's voice telling you to, to stop praying that, don't ever give up. Just keep praying. Just keep coming before the Lord. Uh, be persistent uh, in prayer. And then the promise of prayer. The promise of prayer. Uh, in verse 9 and verse 10, it says, I say to you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I mean, we need to be focused on prayer and realize that God is a God that wants to work in our lives and he wants us to come. He wants us to ask. The command here is to ask, to ask. The word ask uh, with prayer is used actually 29 times uh, in the Bible. 29 times in the Bible, uh, the Bible describes uh, prayer as asking. And in James 4, verse 2, do you know this verse? Maybe you do. Okay, if you don't, you should. It says, you have not because you what? Ask not. I remember years ago when I was a student at uh, Liberty, uh, back then it was Liberty uh, Baptist College, uh, when the school was very, very young. And, uh, and every year we'd have this, uh, great preacher named John R. Rice come and preach to us students. Have you ever heard of John R. Rice? Great man of God. And he would pull up and he would have this huge, uh, semi truckload of books. And he would let us buy those books for like a quarter or 50 cents or, or whatever, uh, back in that time. And, 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 you know, God used those books in my life. In fact, I was called to preach, uh, the night of my 18th birth, I'm sorry, 19th birthday. I was actually called to preach reading his book on soul winning. That was the first time I felt like God was actually leading me to become a preacher of the gospel. It was December 30th, uh, 1976. That I felt God, and I was literally reading his book on soul winning, the night of my birthday, the actual night of my birthday. But he also had a, has a book called, uh, he's passed now, I don't even know if the book's available these days, but it's called Prayer is Asking. Prayer is Asking. Prayer is Asking. My, that book so challenged me just, just to realize, you know, I can ask. I can ask. I can ask. We, we need to come before the Lord and, and we need to ask. And the consequence is it shall be given. And what's going to be given? God will answer you according to his will. You know, the wonderful thing about prayer is, you know, we have this relationship with the Lord. And, and we can ask for anything. But the great thing is we're asking, you know, a God who is of excellent greatness. And part of him being our father is he is all wise. And when we come before him, he knows exactly what we need. He, he knows what's exactly what we need. And he can take our prayers and he can respond to them in the most perfect way of all. He will answer your prayers perfectly every time. Sometimes he'll say yes. Sometimes he'll say no. Sometimes he'll say not yet. But whatever answer he gives 
is his will, and it's the perfect answer. It's the perfect answer. And we need to realize that. We need to understand that God's going to answer you according to his will. And then on the back page of our notes, pray for what you desire and then submit to the will of God. So you might say, well, you know, if he's going to just do his will anyway, why in the world should I talk to him? I mean, if he's just going to do whatever he wants to do, why should I talk to him? Well, the reason you ought to talk to him is you have a relationship with him. You have a relationship with him. Prayer's about the relationship. He, he's not Santa Claus. He's not, a, 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 you know, the jackpot lottery or whatever. He's God, holy God. And we need to talk with him. And we need to have a relationship with him. And what we need to do is we need to pray and we need to put before him whatever is a desire. You know, if you if you have this job in mind and you think that's exactly the job you should have, pray about it. Say, God, give me that job. But then listen, submit to the will of God. Submit to the will of God. You know, don't get bitter if God doesn't do exactly what you want him to do, you know. Be better, not bitter about it. Jesus did this in Matthew 26. He said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. So what did he pray? He prayed, Jesus prayed what he desired. And what he desired was not to go to the cross. You know, can I kind of mess up your theology tonight? Jesus did not want to die for you. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, mess up some of the songs that have been written. All that. <laughs> you know, no, he did not want to die for you. He didn't want to die for me. You say, well, how do you know that? He tried to get out of it. But that's just the first part of the story. The best part of the story was he loved you so much that he was willing to die for you. He was willing to die for you. He wasn't want, he, he, he said, may, my, may this cup the cup that I'm going to face, the suffering, the pain, the anguish, the, the crucifixion, all that I'm going to go through, may this cup pass. But then he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And the father said, son, you're the only way. This is the only way for salvation. And he said, okay, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Pray what you desire, but then be willing to submit to the will of God and what God has for you uh, in your uh, life. So bring it before the Lord and trust him to give the perfect answer every time. The perfect answer every time. And then lastly, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. There's great power in prayer. There's great power in prayer. Prayer is linking the impotence of your human flesh to the power of your heavenly Father. Prayer is linking the impotence of your human flesh, your human flesh to the power of your heavenly Father. Just think about that. Here you are in your natural state, and you can plug into and connect, connect with the supernatural. That is amazing when you think about it. That is so amazing that we, that we can come before the Lord in our, our frailty and our flesh and, and, and we can come before an all powerful, almighty, all wise, all loving, all faithful, all merciful heavenly father. And we can cry out to him and lay our petitions before him. And Jeremiah 33, 3 might be my favorite prayer verse. It says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call unto me. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And then lastly, sin is a hindrance to the power of answered prayer. We, we need to understand that 
that sin is a hindrance to prayer. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. You know, that's why it's so important to keep a clean slate with God. And like I said, you, you ought to repent of your sin and confess your sin immediately after you sin. I mean, the, the, the goal is to never sin. But when you don't hit that goal, which none of us do, the second best thing is to repent of the sin and confess the sin immediately. Do not stay in your sin. Do not remain in your sin. Because, listen, there's many reasons for that. One of those is if we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear. The Bible says whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. And the Bible says if you cover your sin, you will not prosper. But if you are willing to confess it and forsaketh it, the Bible says, you shall have mercy. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have uh, mercy. And so, again, always examine your heart. You know, again, it's a father-son relationship. Make sure you're right with your father uh, when you're seeking uh, the Lord. There's power in prayer. Tonight, I want to call you to pray. I, I want to call you to pray like you've never prayed before. And God is just, so, pray for me that I'll be a great, greater man of prayer. Okay? I, 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 I need the Lord to teach me to pray better. I, I, I do. I'm, you know, I, I need the Lord to help me to be a, a, a better worshiper, not just a, just a worker. Okay? So I, I'm, I'm coming before you tonight to ask you to, to teach, that the Lord would teach me to pray better. Okay? And, and that I could be all that God wants me to be. And I'm going to pray that for you tonight. That, that you'll do uh, the same. Five reasons to talk not to God, but with God. The priority of prayer, the pattern of prayer, the persistence of prayer, the promise of prayer, and the power of prayer. David said in Psalm 55, verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Will you do the same thing?